Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I am Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files spoiler-free. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 23, Wet Wired. It originally aired May 10th, 1996. It was written by Matt Beck. I believe it's the first time we've seen his name. Mm -hmm. And directed by Rob Bowman. I know. He directed the director something else. of Airborne, the rock and roller blade movie, starring Shane McDermott, Seth Green, Seth Green, and a, and a young, young Jack, Jack Black. Black. Yay! I'm gonna eventually remember it and then forget it all at once, like Carl Urban. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw his name on YouTube. Carl Urban. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's how you spell it, yeah. because I can't seem to remember that either. Lovely. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Carl. I know you're listening. <laughs> Big fan, Carl Urban. Big (laughs) cast head. (laughs) All right. So the synopsis is, as the agents investigate a series of murders committed by ordinary citizens angered after seeing illusory images, Scully's trust in Mulder is put to the ultimate test. Casting characters. We have a lot of repeats here. We have Colin Cunningham as Dr. Stroman. Yes. Okay. He previously played Lieutenant Terry Wilmer in the X-Files episode Endgame and Escalante in 731. Escalante. That's the one. Yep. We also have Tim Henry as the plainclothed man, previously played Federal Marshal in the X-Files episode Colony. The plainclothed man? That's what they call him. Oh, he must be the source. Yeah, he's the source. Okay. I love when they do that. They're like the cigarette smoking man, <laughs> and then the well manicured man, and then the plain clothed man. Lyndon Banks is Joseph Patnick, previously played Reverend Calvin Sistrunk in the X Files episode Colony. Colony's the one that I've decided I'm going to do, right? No, it's Red Museum. Oh, that's right. What is Colony? Don't remember. Hmm. Crystal Verge as Dr. Lorenz, previously played Woman Reading Words in the X-Files episode, (laughs) Red Museum. There it is. Yay. Joe Maffey as the motel manager, previously played guard number one in the X-Files episode, Eve. And Joe Dacero, officer number two, previously played officer in the (laughs) X-Files episode, Pilot. I don't think Pilot took place in Braddock Heights, Maryland, though. So it's probably not the same officer. (laughs) <laughs> that's why it's or one. maybe he got fired from one department it is you know like three years later it's true so he could have he could have transferred he could have transferred he, i guess he could have gotten fired mm-hmm. i don't know if he deserved to get fired in episode pilot but yeah i don't know maybe probably he is a cop i know i don't know why i'm i'm suddenly like i don't know why he needs to get fired to go to a different place <laughs> We're so far in, and all of a sudden, my my ideals are changing. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be nuts. I really appreciate the way that this opens when you're watching the closed captions because it just says "shovel digging, <laughs> man grunting." It does. And I had to remark on that because I loved it. I, I'm glad you did because I was delighted when I saw it, yeah. and I didn't write it down. Um, so yes, loved it. It was great. In the cold open, we see man grunting, burying another guy who is not grunting. Because he did. He is dead. He does have some nice red cowboy boots that I like. <laughs> he does. He has some nice red cowboy boots that match his nice plaid He was overshirt. pulling it off. Yeah. Unlike Ted Mosby. That's true. Ted Mosby could not pull off the red cowboy boots. No. 
<laughs> Thank you for agreeing, even though you have no idea what I'm talking about. I was agreeing and looking terrified at the same time. <laughs> you were yesing, but not anting. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> yep, don't know who that is or what we're referencing, but I was really trying. <laughs> <laughs> you can take heart that we were referencing red cowboy boots. Well, I got that part. Yeah. That part I, I that's had. That's really the gist of it. That's, that's the part I had a handle on. All right. It turns out that the guy burying the other guy is seeing the same man everywhere. So he buries this guy. Oh, as he's shoveling, he says, um, so now you can't kill any more people Your or something killing like days that? are done. Yeah. But I remarked that uh, that's not deep enough. Oh. This dude's barely getting covered in dirt. That's true. And I just said, wait, this reminds me of that other thing that we just watched, which was Frailty. Frailty, yeah. Which has Matthew McConaughey in it and is surprisingly sad. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that M. Night Shyamalan of a twist to be like, oh no, this isn't any fun at all. (laughs) So sad. Oh no. This is... Actually, it was a it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it was solid. But it, I was not expecting that twist of, oh, no, I thought this was going to be a romp, a <laughs> demon romp, and it really wasn't. Not remotely. Nope. And you know what? This episode is also not a demon romp. Or a romp of any kind. It isn't, no. So the guy goes back to his house, but we're still in the cold open, so you know something else has to happen. Turns out, as he's in his own home, the same guy that he just killed comes into his kitchen. And so he hits him with what? A shovel. Okay, so he still had the shovel. So he hits him with the shovel. He used his bare hands to cover the guy up in dirt in the grave, but then he took the shovel into his kitchen. That's hilarious. (laughs) This guy's not bright. Look, he's got a lot going on. We find out later that he's been a weirdo for a long time. We do, yes. So the cops come and... It must have been at some point in the future because he kills this guy in his kitchen. And then the cops, we see the cops pulling into his driveway. Yeah, he's throwing the guy in the trunk of the car. Okay, so somebody saw that. Probably. And called. And then the cops show up 27 minutes later or something. <laughs> really seems like wherever the cops are, they got there super fast from whenever, not when he murdered the person, but from whenever they were alerted, I'm assuming. Yep. Well, it turns out that it's not the same dude that he's been killing. Uh, it's his wife in the trunk. And then as the cops handcuff him and push him to the ground or something, the illusion starts dissolving and he starts seeing their actual faces. Officer number two. Yes. <laughs> and then they're, he, then he's really upset that he sees his wife in the trunk. One of the guys calls him an amp head? Amphetamine. Okay. Because that comes up later. Yeah. I'd never heard that before. I was like, what are we talking about? I have also not heard that before, but... No, you that, got Yeah. That makes sense. So that's the cold open. When we come back from commercial, Mulder is given a newspaper article about a number of people who become psychotic and murder several people who we come to know as the plainclothes man. So Mulder's just sitting in his car, like he's staking out something, but he's not. He's watching drug deals, but... Just for recreation. I mean, leave people alone. Pay people a fair wage, a living wage, or leave people alone, cops. (laughs) Yeah, he's in a part of town where apparently there are only drug dealers and criminals. Especially when Congress is in session. (laughs) He also cracks 
that when the guy gets in the car that this blind date is off to a bad start because he has already waited two hours. It doesn't get any better from here. Because fuck this guy. No. This doesn't. guy aggravates the hell out of me. Not just me, though. Also aggravates the hell out of Fox Mulder, which it I really, really appreciated. It was pretty great. The guy's like, here's a newspaper clipping, and Mulder's like, why the fuck did I wait for two hours for you to give me a newspaper clipping? Who sent you? What are you doing? Why am I here? And the guy's just like, I don't owe you anything. He throws the paper at him and says, recycle this then. (laughs) It's a good uh, network TV way to say, fuck off. It was, but then Mulder does it anyway. (laughs) Because... He got the warning. I'm supposed to warn you. That's true. More people will die. More people will die. And that's the clincher because we know Foxy Muldery can't let more people die. <laughs> Renard Muldery. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so he takes the, the clipping, the guy leaves, and we're off to the races. The next day, they're in Maryland, I guess. Uh, the one guy that we saw in the cold open who has killed five people by now, all believing them to be the same man. Mulder and Scully are in Maryland. That's where Scully meets up with him there. Apparently, there's not a problem with him having to drag her out of her house in five minutes, so she has to take her dog that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, she can go anywhere at any time now. Yeah. Without that albatross around her neck. (laughs) One-time constraint. So she shows up, and they're at the psychiatric hospital where, uh, where the first guy is under the care of Dr. Stroman. Oh, Joseph Patnick is the man in from the cold open who killed his wife and also the other people. So Patnick is in the psychiatric hospital. He's under the care of Dr. Stroman. As the doctor's talking to Mulder and Scully, the doctor or some somebody, I don't know if it was Dr. Stroman. Now I'm, it's Stroman. He's the only doctor. It was Dr. Stroman telling him that the guy's fine, but he's heavily sedated, except sometimes he has outbursts. Or does yeah. Dr. Stroman walk up later? No, this Dr. Stroman's the only doctor. I have face blindness for this scene because I apparently don't... I don't think I even looked at the screen, though, actually. <laughs> okay. I think I was listening and reading. I don't I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, so they say that he is fine because he's heavily sedated, except sometimes he has wild outbursts, which, because, you know, the timing was incredible. Paddock sees something on TV, and he gets violently upset, throws a chair, and... There are just a lot of stray light chairs around this room. And I was like, I don't know. I guess you don't want heavier chairs. Guess not. If he's going to start throwing them. I guess not. Hmm. Yeah, the guy sees Slobodan Milosevic on the TV. Or, I mean, Ladislav Muraskovic on the TV. Oh, you know what the guy's name is? Yeah, well, because he's clearly supposed to be Slobodan Milosevic. But they're not going to say that real name on on the X-Files. Yeah. So they call him Ladislav Miroskovic. That's it, yep. And on the news, they're talking about him being a war criminal in the former Yugoslavia. So that's what's getting to this particular man. Mulder and Scully then travel to the man's house, where they find two boys watching a movie on a man's television. They come in, and then they hear a scream and a gunshot, which alarms them. Oh, first of all, they can't tell the difference between a television gunshot and a real gunshot. No. Which is odd. Second of all, they're watching Die Hard. That scream and that gunshot are not in that movie. You're right. That is true. This is some garbage. Also, this scene is comical, so fine. Well, well padded for this timing. But as I say, in about 20 minutes from this scene, all of these shows, all of these episodes should be 10 minutes shorter. You 
You did say that. And really, this scene could not have been in here, and we wouldn't have missed it. Would you have missed it? Uh, the part with the kids, no, but the rest of the scene is crucial to the story. Yeah, I just meant the part with the kids. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm just talking about padding time. They, yeah. They send the kids off back to school or whatever, and... They're looking around the house. Scully finds a wall of a built-in bookcase, which is very nice. Good job. But it's covered in VHS tapes. Um, It's VHS tapes in chronological order of news flippings or cable news. news. Cable news episodes. Cable news makes you violent. Uh, Pretty prescient on their part for this one. Yeah. And this is where we find out that this guy was a weirdo long before he was a murderer. Yes, because he's only recently been murdering people. And this is a full wall, floor to ceiling wall of videotapes. At least a year. Yeah. Then Mulder sees a cable repair company van outside and is curious about it. But that's when Scully calls him over to look at all of the videotapes. And honestly... I wasn't expecting them to take every single one of those videotapes for this next <laughs> set of... <laughs> We're going to watch seven years worth of OAN. Oh my god. Yeah, she. you've already said the violence on... Violent TV shows causes I was murder. saying cable news causes violence. Yeah. In 2022. Uh, yeah. It kind of does. I know. Just not how they were thinking. I know. While I was watching it, I was like, this is, ugh, this is such pseudoscience bullshit with violent video games yeah scully goes hard because scully's a right winger yeah uh kind of no denying it at this point she goes hard on you know violent movies cause violence in real life and good job fox Mulder, really going hard against her on this it was good yep he even does call it pseudoscience and he's like nope 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 oh will i help you carry every single one of these videotapes to our motels. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> because our vot- our motel has VCRs in the room. Yeah. Amazing. Don't remember. It's a motel. I have seen DVD players in motels back in the day. I don't think you have. I think you have implanted that memory for yourself. That's not how memory works. <laughs> <laughs> memory, Look, I had regression here's, hypnosis. Here's the thing. Memory doesn't doesn't work. work. <laughs> No, why would you have a VCR? VCR is flimsy and easily breakable. It would just be... That's what the technology was at the time, though. Right. Why would you have it in a cheap motel room? You wouldn't, is my point. Shrug. I think you're misremembering. I think you have too strong of feelings about it. I even wrote it in my notes, even though my wrist hurts too bad to type. (laughs) Oh, well, okay. I do have strong feelings about it. (laughs) All right. So they take all of the videotapes back to their motels. Scully is... Continuing to wear her full skirt suit and heels while watching 36 hours of pre-recorded videotape. She is watching Pat Buchanan for president, and I think she's into it. Woman, get comfortable, at least. Like, no, that would be improper. Why? You're, 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 you're in there by yourself. You guys are watching different... Pat Buchanan would be ashamed if she had done that. Had done that? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what do I know? Sometimes my inner hillbilly comes out. <laughs> it just did. All right. So they're doing that. Mulder comes over and he's like, snark, snark, snark. I don't want to watch any more of these. I'm going to go to bed and you should too. And Scully's like, no, thanks. I would like to continue watching this pile of 
videotapes. Mulder comes over and says, okay, I'm tired of watching Tucker Carlson. And she's like, I'm not. He's got some interesting stuff to say about replacement theory. Oh, God. Uh, So Mulder goes back to his room. Scully goes and continues watching the videotapes. But she turns off. She does get cozy. She turns off all of the lights. (laughs) Keeps every bit of clothes on, including her shoes. Yes. Shoes and probably pantyhose under those under those pants. Yep. So she's got a full everything still on. Buttoned. She doesn't even unbutton the top when nope. she's sitting down. Gun. Who knows where that's at? Nobody knows. That where might that's be at. out in the ice machine. Who knows? So then she goes. She does take a break. She goes to get some ice. Scully always get nice. <laughs> she leaves the ice machine door open for eight hours. Rude. So now it's melty and dirty. <laughs> And while she's going to get her diet Shasta from the machine, I would have I would have been fine if at some point they showed us closing the door, but they never show us no. closing the door. <laughs> that ice machine is still open to this day. Such a waste of electricity. If they had, look, you're trying to pad time. Show me her closing <laughs> yeah. the ice door. Scully doesn't care because she doesn't believe in climate change. <laughs> I see. Um, but what about dirty ice? You don't even have to go as big as climate change. You could just be like, I don't want the ice to be dirty. It's literally in the parking lot. Maybe she likes frogs in her ice. So bad for the frogs. I man, I love frogs. Man, man you do. <laughs> I just tell the ice machine at my work during the summer, if you leave it open, we'll get frogs in it. Like, I'm not making that up. Well, I didn't think that it was a thing that was made up completely. I didn't know you actually were experiencing this. Multiple times. Hmm. Do they freeze? No. Do they just get in there and like... just get in there and cool off. They just hang out? Yeah, because they're not in the ice. They're just in the ice machine. Got it. They're like, this is nice and cool and moist. This is great. This is is what I'm looking for in my shade. Pretty much. Okay. Well, and then what do you do? Scoop them? I just, yeah. Grab them and go, get out of here, friend. This isn't for you. (laughs) Scram. That's great. So she's getting her diet Shasta, letting all of the frogs get into the ice machine. (laughs) (laughs) And she looks, she hears something. She looks into the parking lot and she sees Mulder and the cigarette smoking man. And I think somebody was in the backseat, but I'm not really sure. Nobody was in the backseat. I know what you're talking about, though. I had to pay close attention. It was just the lighting on the, like rear quarter panel thing okay so it was definitely Mulder, and he was having a good old time yeah with his buddy csm Sorry. and and then they had csm light a match to flare up the light in his face as if we had no idea who it was <laughs> we know because we're always excited when he's in one i am anyway she's real freaked out of course because yeah. this would be awful you know what this means though she licked one of those frogs like the guy in the last episode. <laughs> no, this means Skelly got whammied. Yeah. Told you. It's scientific. You told me whammy was scientific? Yep. I see. All right. Well, she gets freaked out. She ends up, whoever's in the act, in the car drives away and she goes back to her room. We cut to commercial because we're cutting to commercial a couple times in this episode to avoid showing things. Yeah. Because she could have just knocked on Mulder's door and said, hey. Are you really in there? <laughs> but she and he would have been in there. But she doesn't think that she's hallucinating. It's true. But she knows that somebody in this episode is hallucinating. Does she know that at this point? Oh, yeah. the guy. The, yeah. the guy at the psychiatric facility. That's true. 
Now she's very concerned because she's seen this and this would be concerning. The next day, she is weary around Mulder and she asks him if he took the car anywhere last night. And he's like, oh, no, I didn't I didn't take the car. Oh, you know what? I, I went out and got a newspaper today mm-hmm. because the car is in a different spot. But first, we see another murder. Do we see that murder now? Yeah, because that's where they're getting ready to head to. Oh, that's right. Because she's seeing her suds are glitching in and out. That's right. I do love this. Like we live in a simulation. Yep. I do love this this editing technique. Oh, really? I do. I don't know why. Every time it happened, I was like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, because I, I disliked it. That's great. I was like, can we just live in this world instead? Yeah. <laughs> People are hallucinating, and it's apparent. And now I'm curious to see what they're going to be hallucinating. So I was pretty stoked about it. But you hated it. That mean that makes sense. I get the hallucination part, but why the digital scrambling? That's oh, you know. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's fine. I just liked how it looked. Okay, in general, the the effect was good. I just don't like it for the story. I guess is where I'm at. <sighs> what story? <laughs> the one we're talking about right now. Actually, this one did have a story. So and and oh my gosh, it had a whole. Peak and resolution. I'm just not used to that. That's why I'm like, nah, whatever. I don't know about a resolution. Well, no, I guess it does. Yeah. Just not from our uh, protagonists. Right. Yeah. Okay. We know where. We know why all of this happened. Yeah. You know, at least to, to a reasonable degree, which is not usually what we get. Yeah. But we'll get there. We will. All right. You want to say anything else about the lady in the suds? She kills a guy. Oh yeah. So she starts seeing the glitches. And she hears a woman giggle, and she looks out the window and sees her husband and a blonde in a hammock. Yeah, straddling him in a hammock. This just seems dangerous. It was a wide hammock. It was a wide hammock. I I didn't feel... I didn't feel they were in danger until she grabbed the gun. (laughs) I feel like she could have just waited a minute. And they would have fallen out. They would have fallen out and broken their necks. I didn't get that feeling. They seemed very balanced. Shrug. (laughs) another thing we disagree on in this specific scene (laughs) this scene is causing a lot of problems yes for some married people (laughs) unless that other guy's not married then i'm not really sure well so she sees this she sees her husband with the with the blonde she grabs the shotgun storms out there and shoots the man then it turns out that it was not her husband it was, was not her, it was not her backyard, and the blonde was a golden retriever. Which, by the way, if you didn't watch it just now or you haven't seen it in a while, the dog's okay. The dog is fine. Sad, but fine. So the agents leave the motel, and they drive over, and they find out all of this stuff. That's when Mulder sees the same cable repairman that he saw from the other guy's house with the two boys. But as he's <laughs> running wildly down the street screaming for this guy... The repairman drives off, which honestly, I would have done the same. Some man's running down the street yelling at me in his dress shoes. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I got I got work to do, man. Mulder climbs up the pole that the guy had just finished working on or was just parked by and finds a device in the cable box. This is when Scully says, hey, Mulder, that looks like something that we should get tested. Should I go get it tested, Dr. Pendrell? Pendrell. I always called him Pendrake. And then my whole brain went, where did that come from? Dr. Pendrell should take a look at that. I'll get it 
I'll get it checked out. You can tell that she's starting to right. lose something. Well, obviously trust. She's lo- she's lost trust in Mulder, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder says that you should go talk to the lady because it would make more sense for you to do that, even though he's the psychiatrist. Yes. It, my note is exactly because we know where he goes. Uh, makes more sense for the psych. Ah, I see. <laughs> yeah. Because he takes it to the your boys, your Ugh. special little boys, your little guys, your favorite little guys. I'm just never going to like them. It's just never going to happen. Okay. I'm not. I'm just not going to. Me thinks the lady does protest too much. You think I like them so much <laughs> that so... <laughs> this is going to turn into a circular Lord of the Rings situation? But, but you don't want to be perceived as a nerd, so you can't like them. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm protecting my identity. Yep. From all these strangers. I see. By giving them my name and (laughs) making it easy to find me. Cool. But you don't want to be a nerd. I see. I don't think that's it. It's just a theory. (laughs) Okay. A podcast theory. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, yes. So Mulder... Oh, before before Mulder gets to the lone gunman, he says, Is that all right, Scully? (laughs) Or do you have a problem with that or something? He doesn't say it all snarky like that. Look, I, that's how I remember it. Oh. Memories are infallible, remember? <laughs> no. Wait. <laughs> I forget. So, Scully goes and does something. Maybe she talks to the woman, maybe not. We have, <laughs> yeah. no, we have no idea. This never comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> they already had the entire story. So there's really no reason for anybody to go talk to her. That's true. But Mulder didn't want to bring her along to the gunman. Yeah. Which is good. He knows how creepy they are. They've gotten a lot better. And it really was just Frohike that was creepy. He said something in this next scene that I was just like, there he is. Uh, he has an appreciation for the female form, but it wasn't directed at a person. Yeah, but it's just another one of those comments that you it's just it microaggressions, out. writers. Oh. Which makes me macroaggressive. <laughs> Yeah. You're looking at my bandaged, Me too. my bandaged wrist. Yeah. I didn't do this. <laughs> this wasn't aggression. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> I can't believe how swollen it is, though. It's so sad. It's like the opposite of aggression. It's just so sad. Your vein is sticking out. Oh, I have inflammation just all in here. It hurts through here. Hmm. It sucks. All right, so they're at the, he's at the Lone Gunman. They work on the little doohickey thing and they're like, oh, this looks like one of those things that they put in to block premium channels, except this isn't blocking anything. It's sending out a signal. But I don't know, do they know that it's sending out a signal at that point? Yeah. They just don't know what it is. They mess with a lot of stuff and they're like, we don't have the right technology. All right. So they, they identify what it, if anybody was in the know watching this probably would have been like, oh, that's what that thing is and then they modify it but for now they don't know what what's up with it they can't they have nothing definitive they need some more time and at this point Mulder gives them more time Mulder then calls Scully to update her but she's growing more paranoid and this is when we get a 10 minute segment of her going through every part of her hotel room Mm -hmm. like I said all of these episodes could be at least 10 to 20 minutes shorter (laughs) Well, we have to see how paranoid she is. She's very paranoid. She breaks that lamp. 
Then she just tears the felt off the bottom. No, she you she lifts the table with the lamp on it, and it just destroys the lamp. Oh, okay. It was after she. What else did she do? She checked everything. She, we don't have to go through okay. all of it. All right. <laughs> Maybe this episode should be ten minutes shorter. Fine. Um, the reason that she's paranoid is because when Mulder calls her, he can tell that something's off, and then she starts hearing clicks on the phone and she's asking who's listening to them and then she hangs up and Mulder calls back and that is what sparks the looking into the phone looking into the everything yeah Mulder arrives at her hotel room because he knows something's up but he doesn't know what and upon opening the door actually the motel manager opens the door and Mm -hmm. Scully shoots in the top left corner of the door it's a good thing she aimed up I wonder where those bullets landed playground (laughs) Scully fires at him four times and then runs off. Uh, He does tell the motel manager to get back and go call the police. So they do. But Scully's gone. And a team of police and FBI arrive to find Scully. But Mulder says that they are searching for her like an escaped prisoner. And Skinner's like, hey, I'm in this episode too. And defends the search team, saying that Scully is armed and dangerous. Mulder, she shot at you. And then Mulder should have said, yeah, but when you woke up next to a dead woman, we were on your side and really did everything to help you out. So maybe since that was two episodes ago, you can remember. Memory is a funny thing. It is. (laughs) Mulder calls Mrs. Scully to inform her of Scully's disappearance. And this is when Mrs. Scully should have said, she's gone again? (laughs) How many times are you going to let her get kidnapped? Oh my God. My adult daughter has been missing six times in the last one year (laughs) that's when Mulder goes back to the lone gunman because they call him and say hey we got something but you gotta be here or you're not gonna believe it well they don't want to talk about it on the phone because they are so paranoid that's true but just on their own they don't need a hypnotic thing little do any of them realize there will not be landlines in the future When he gets there, the lone gunman tell him that the device he found in the cable box is slipping images into the television that these people are watching. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter what channel. So they are doing subliminal messages and mind control. Using the photic response, which I believe is a real thing. It might be. I was like, what? what is this? I need to refresh my memory on this. I know about the subliminal images and stuff, but I found this article that I haven't had a chance to read from the National Library of Medicine called Subliminal Messages Exert Long-Term Effects on Decision-Making. Oh yeah, that's subliminal stuff is real, but I I believe that the specific delivery with the photic response thing is there's something to that. Right, but the point of this is that it has long-term effects on decision-making. Right, yeah. You just are fine with that? I, it makes perfect sense to me. Huh. Yeah. It doesn't to me. I would feel like it would... I would have assumed it would have been more temporary. Well, I think it would be repeated uh, exposure to it. Cumulatively build something. Well, like yeah, it. I guess yeah. That, that part would make sense if it built up. Well, um, they talk about this, and the lone gunmen believe it to be a mind control device. Mulder was not affected by these images. Why? We learn a new thing about Fox Mulder. He is red, green, colorblind, flip his tie. He's like, look how bad this tie is. <laughs> I thought he was just like, it's a dark color, right? It's because I picked these colors because I can't see the good ones. Because they're all dark. They do. I do like this setup, though. So I will give them that. I do like that they have the two televisions and then they have the two little televisions on top. And then they how they do it and they show it visually. 
where the colors look the same at one point, but then they have the seismograph. Uh, it's not a seismograph, <laughs> yeah, but it's I a, what they called it. It's an ograph of some kind, oscillograph, something. Well, I like how they tune it in, and then they're like, see, it's the same, and we're looking, and we're all looking, and we're all looking. So it really makes you focus in on what they're showing you because you are looking at each of the options and then you're at first you don't see anything different because then they turn a little knob and that's when the they turn the vertical hold up because the thing is at the very bottom yeah, yeah. it was great it was a re it was really well done remember Appreciate that. remember vertical hold no no oh is that is that too old for you yeah i don't know <laughs> oh geez why did you have that because you had to. You had to adjust the vertical hold on the old TVs. Otherwise, your the picture would just go bloop, 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 mm. keep going up the top and then back at the bottom. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I have seen TVs do that. I just didn't yeah, know that's why. that's the vertical or... hold. I see. All right. Well, why did they? Why does it even move far enough for you to be able to do that? <laughs> that's how the technology worked. All right. So while they're doing this and we find out that Mulder doesn't just look good in dark colors. He has to. <laughs> uh, he can't see anything Christmas time. Nope. He's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> Why is everybody so happy? <laughs> he gets a phone call and he has to go ID a body. Pretty sad. It Although is. this is not the season finale, so we can yeah, only be exactly. so concerned. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking the whole time. Season finale, I might have been like, oh, something real has happened. You're not killing off one of your leads just mid-season. No. Well, it's not mid-season. Well, a mid-season finale, you might, actually. That's true. Which but is... this is just the penultimate episode of the season. Why would you have not a mid-season finale? Uh, for the break, the hiatus. Just have seasons be 10 to 12 episodes, everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're doing now, and it's a lot better. Yeah. My goodness, a mid-season? Then your season's over. Got news for you. That's not how calendars work. <laughs> All right, so he goes to ID the body. It would be intense if we thought that it was Scully even a little bit, but it isn't because nobody's found Scully yet. And Mulder opens the blinds into where the viewing is and says it's not her. And we all sigh a collective sigh of pseudo-relief because whatever. Before but he goes into there, he meets up with... Uh... What's, what's his name? Well-dressed guy? Plain-clothed guy? Plain-clothed guy. Who's giving him all kinds of shit. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. You're and right. And Mulder's not having it again. I love the contempt that Mulder shows this guy. It's great. But, but it's just because this guy doesn't have any actual power. So much so that Mulder kicks his car. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, so then he goes, he's like, you're about to get me killed. You may have already gotten my partner killed. Kicks his car. It's not her. That's when he finds out that Mrs. Scully isn't answering her phone because he's he's he asks about he asks about her or something and the the doctor's like I don't she's not answering her phone what do you want me to do I have to be here with this body <laughs> like I'm doing my job here sorry whatever you've got going on <laughs> no this body is my job <laughs> I'm doing this <laughs> so Mulder goes to Mrs. Scully's house. That's when she answers the door and says that Scully's not there, but it's obvious that she is. She's a terrible liar. Yeah, and she's trying to get Fox to not come in, and I don't like that. Especially just in this scene, she just completely flips immediately. I don't like it either for slightly different reasons, because if she believes her daughter, she should not be letting Fox in. Right. And she should be adamant about it. Right. But she isn't. 
And if she doesn't believe her daughter and believes Fox and knows that her daughter needs help, she she should let him in. Yeah, which is where I'm at. But then it's like, whose side is she actually on? She seems very confused, which I get it. This would be a terribly confusing situation. Your daughter shows up after she's been disappeared and then says that her partner is after her. And you know better. It would be really hard. Because you're one of the few people that can call him Fox. Right. But it would also, I feel like, I would like to believe, if I were in Mrs. Scully's situation, I would be like, Mulder, or Fox, I'm sorry, Fox, you're going to have to wait a few minutes. I need to talk to her first. And then go in and try to see. I think she's already talked to her. I don't think she's done much. I think she's just like, you're here. Fuck. I think she should have said, Fox, she's not here. Wink. (laughs) She basically did. I know. She basically did. No, she said, ah, ah, no. Ah. Yeah, it was bad. It, this was a terrible scene for Mrs. Scully. Uh, just this bit. Yeah, she's good. And when she flips and gets on the right side, she's good. You know what? Just another scene that we're going to have to disagree on. Wow. Okay. I think stepping in front of the gun to get Dana to put her gun down was good. Kind of feel like if she had spent any time talking to her daughter, maybe she could have gotten the gun at another time. Yeah, because who knows where Scully left it lying around. It's probably by the little bread box in the kitchen. Yeah, but she had time to get it while she was talking to him in the doorway. Yeah, well, Scully points a gun at Mulder, if you haven't figured that out, because then Mrs. Scully steps in front of the gun and then hugs Scully. And then Scully finally relinquishes and breaks down crying with her finger still on the trigger. Yeah, never puts down the gun. (laughs) Doesn't bother uncocking it. Oh, she also, before this part, or before she she does give up, she accuses Mulder of being part of the men who abducted her and who killed her sister, which would be terrifying to believe that your partner did this to you. So, honestly, all of this is scary. Scully ends up in the hospital. While she's in the hospital, Mulder asks her doctor if what she's been suffering would be treated by amphetamines or something, right? If it would be the symptoms of being on amphetamines. Yes, that's what it was. And the doctor was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? And that's when we find out that... Stroman. Stroman had, has involvement with, all, with everything. Stroman comes back around. So Mulder calls Stroman's office, but he has left, according the- to the woman who answers the phone yeah it's not his office though he was called in from outside that's right calls the hospital the office he was visiting because he's staying at the hotel which is the number that they left that he left them yes that was on the matchsticks so Mulder is following the evidence like the plainclothes man said to do before his car got kicked (laughs) that's right he's doing it he's doing the thing So then they go back to the motel to look for the doctor and the motel guy is going, the motel manager is going to let Mulder in and Mulder says, you want me to go first this time? (laughs) He's a damn straight. Yeah. So surprise, the doctor's not there. Mulder does tell Scully his theory that the device that they found amplifies people's anxieties and causes dementia, which is wild. A form of dementia, I think. I don't think they're going with the medical. I don't think so either because she's fine at the end. Yeah. Yeah, because it's once she's better. Oh, so when they're when he's inside, when Mulder's inside the motel looking for Doctor Stroman, he finds these. He finds cigarettes in the ashtray, and they are Morley's. Mm-hmm. Which 
is a good sign that it's the cigarette smoking man. Yes. But it's also a good sign that it's anybody else because it's the only brand of cigarettes in this show. <laughs> it's definitely CSM though. It's <laughs> yeah. gotta be. Mulder finds Dr. Stroman and the cable repairman in a house and with the help of phone logs from the hotel room. And before Mulder can enter the house, shots are fired. It's a big house. Lots of space. Lots of windows. That was nice. Two dead guys in there. Good shrubberies. Good shrubberies. Nice little breakfast nook. Yeah. The blinds or the shades were closed, but you know, you open that up, I bet it's nice in the morning. 1996 is like, it's like a $95,000 house. Yeah. <laughs> 2022, it's like a $70 million yep. house. Yep. So Mulder hears the shots and he bursts into the door that he was standing by. When he enters, that's when we see the interior and we're like, oh, a house that we'll never be able to afford. But then there are two murdered men in there, and then he finds out they are murdered by X, who hasn't been in any episodes for a while. So they're like, remember this guy? He's still here. And we're like, oh, yeah. And he's doing the bidding of the cigarette smoking organization. Yes. And I think we're supposed to be surprised by that. I do, too, because we don't know that yet. Well, I think we figure it out here, because he's talking about these were my orders the whole time. I was just hoping you could stop me. I can't unremember knowing what I know now, how I felt in that moment. Huh? That's right. Mulder accuses X of misleading him by using a third party to inform him of the murders, which would have been the plainclothes man, and of putting him and Scully in harm. So now he's mad at another guy. He's going to go outside and kick X's car. (laughs) Better watch out. He's asking what the purpose of all this is. Mind control? Yeah, you already knew it was mind control. But he's like, what, to get people to buy stuff or vote a certain way? And X says, you think they'd stop at commerce and politics? Dude, what else is there in this country? I still have no idea what else there would be. Literally, that is what the United States is made up of. Yeah. What else would it be? (laughs) Money and power? Are there other things? Do other countries have other things? (laughs) Capitalism and the people who uphold capitalism. Yeah. Is it. I really, I really need to talk to the writers of this and be like, what was the other thing? Veterinarians. (laughs) They're going to make everybody a veterinarian? (laughs) Or, or stop people from becoming veterinarians. Oh, don't do that. We need them. Especially because all the frogs. Yep. (laughs) Specifically for the frogs. (laughs) Mulder calls X a coward, and X refutes his accusations, but first he says, do you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was great. That was good. Mulder says, you risk our lives, you never risk your own, and he does not bother to mention, I risk my life on that train to save your dumbass. Nope, he does not bother that, because this is a, if we were on your dad's, X would be the daddy in this situation, <laughs> because Mulder is just throwing a fit. <laughs> and X is like, I understand you need to throw a fit right now. Wow. Do you feel better? All right. I killed Pontypool for you. <laughs> yes, Pontypool. <laughs> we never saw him die. There's a chance. That's There's true. Hope. Maybe he'll come back. That is true. Mulder holds a gun at him and says he's going to shoot him. And then, and then he doesn't because we need X to come back at some point. <laughs> And also to come back at some point later in this episode, just in case you didn't get the hint at the beginning or right now. In case you didn't get the hint right now, you're going to need to get it in like five minutes. (laughs) Mulder and Scully finish their report for Skinner, but their evidence is not enough to present a serious case. And Skinner's like, 
is this your final report? And when he said that, I was like, is this your last report? (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to, you know, the, the final version of this. There are more questions than answers. Yep. That's where the X-Files, dude. What do you want? What do you want? (laughs) This office is not where we get a resolution to this situation. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Look, Skinner, if you don't know through all of your shadow organizations what's actually going on, we can't help you. We've literally never helped you in any other scenario. Why would we start now? They helped two episodes ago like you just mentioned. No, I just said that they were more helpful. They wanted to be helpful. They weren't actually helpful. Sure they were. Who? What is the old lady? I don't remember. The old lady. Who Who knows? Who knows what that old lady is? <laughs> is she okay? Probably, Change, I'm changing the tone not. on my concern now. <laughs> probably not. You don't think so? No. She keeps showing up in people who are dead and unconscious or having orgasms. Or, since it was an escort, faking an orgasm. <laughs> but that was Skinner who was having an orgasm. Yeah, so the escort was faking an orgasm. Oh, I see. I was thinking that you would see it, but no. Yes. No and yes at the same time. Both of them. Or neither. Then the final shot in a dark alley. X enters a car with the cigarette smoking man inside. Big reveal. He reports that evidence of the case has been dealt with along with the plain clothed man who, you know, is no longer alive. However, he claims to not know who gave the information to the plain clothed man. So in the scene right before this with Skinner, Mulder covers X's ass. And then in the scene with X and CSM, X covers X's ass. I really appreciate it in this scene. You can clearly see two no smoking stickers on the windows of the car. Oh, yes. I do love that. That's pretty great. It was nice. Nice touch. All right. Who are you shipping? Well, since we saw a picture of her and her name was mentioned, I am shipping Melissa Scully on Fox Mulder. Nice. (laughs) Well, since his name was mentioned, (laughs) I'm shipping Scully and Pendrell. How are you surviving? I think I'm getting lucky here because you get bored of TV too quick to get whammied. (laughs) It's so true. How are you surviving? Um, I'm either not going to be an informant or I'm not going to tell the guy who wants to know who the informant is that I am the informant. Mm -hmm. One or the other, just in case, whatever the scenario is. Seems like that one might work out. Yeah. All right. We'll be back next week for the season finale. Bum, bum, bum. Dun-dun. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. 